I'm Jess. And I'm George. And this is Transpantastic, a podcast about gender, identity, orientation, and all the life that happens around it. Like retirement. Yeah, how about it? You done did retired. Uh-huh, I sure did. Because you worked where you work for a long time. I did work a long time in the same place, which I, I never knew I would do when I was younger. I didn't have a good habit of doing that. You didn't have a habit of staying in one place for a long time. No, but the job cycle was even quicker, so... No. Yeah. But then you held the job that moved you here. Well, maybe not that job. You you got a job here that you held for like five or six years, and then you had the job that you retired from. They were both public servant positions, so you got state retirement. Yeah, I, I got a job probably for about a year or so and applied for similar positions with the state. There weren't any positions closer to home. So I'd drive to further nowhere for another hour. Yes. <laughs> and then once I got there, I'd drive somewhere else too. So. Yep. But it was fine. I saw the whole empty state. It is kind of an empty state. Yeah. Hmm. And. And you did that for how many years? I did that for four years exactly. Wow. I know. By coincidence. Okay. And then I took the same position and there were positions in the county, which was in our town. Mm-hmm. And the traveling I had to do was not as far. Right. It was just, you know to the outskirts. My my former work wife did have to cover much more of the entire county than I did. Aww. So she would sometimes drive for hours in a direction with some social worker. That is the thing that happens because you worked for the government doing mental health. Yes, I did. I worked for social services, human services, whatever most places call it. Most people would be familiar with the term child protective services. Yes, they would. That was that was me working for them. Yep. Yeah. And uh, we had a small team of clinicians when I started that grew a bit and then shrunk when we had a recession mm -hmm. and then grew again. And... Over the years, doing that job, you know, you're not the social worker who needs to go in and evaluate people's like situations and determine what needs to happen. You're the person who gets called in to help them figure things out after that. Correct. The referrals would come from the social worker who had already done some type of contact with that family. But even so, that's still a lot of emotional load. You, you would think so. And people said that to me over the years, sometimes clients, sometimes people I'd meet somewhere who, you know, found out what kind of work I did and they'd be impressed or surprised or something, which always surprised me. Right. Thinking it was a difficult job. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't because I liked working with most of the families, you know, the ones that, that wanted to do work and made themselves available were good to work with because they, they gained that progress they wanted to gain. And the idea was to keep the families together. Mm -hmm. And so so my actual job wasn't a problem at all. But only because you weren't your work wife who kept getting saddled with families of dead people. Yes. <laughs> yes. Somehow, it, and it could have to do with the supervisor we had deciding that she- That had become her expertise? Yes. Whether Fuck. she wanted it or not. Can you go tell these children to, to the point where she had a book that unfortunately was helpful called When Daddy Kills Mommy. Oh, my God. And other other clinicians would get lent this book if they needed to know. Right. And it was not a American. It was not a U.S.-based book. It was a, in the U.K., so it was different, but this, the problem was the same. That's just kind of wild. Yeah. 
I didn't get a lot of those. I didn't get like FBI raids or, you know, where they're scooping children out of there and depositing them with a worker in my former work wife as the clinician at three three. Th- 3.30 in the morning. You know, I didn't get those. Right. You did get your share of trafficking cases, though. I got some of those. Mostly I was aware of the sex trafficking cases because other clinicians in my group worked on those. That Those were their special focus groups. And so I was very aware of it. And we had, unfortunately, a, a lot of kids that go through the system. The system is a terrible parent and it knows it. Mm-hmm. But they're disconnected and they're vulnerable. And so we, we would have these cases. So I have that unfortunate knowledge. But even worse than, you know, I can't think of the word trauma by proxy. <laughs> Even even more than that, though, like there's the trauma of working for the government. That is a trauma in and of itself. And, and when I started with, when I was working with the state, the nice thing was there was just a couple of us in the office there, which was even surprising because the other offices across the state had one person or in where my boss was, there was my boss and the one person. Right. But the deal with that was, what was nice about it is I wasn't in the office very much. I was all over the, you know, I had a, a north to s- south route, mostly south area that ended up being my area of the state. Because you did in-home services. I did, yeah. So I would go to people out in the boonies. And my boss was in another town and we'd meet by phone because there was no Zoom. <laughs> <laughs> at first, probably weekly. And at first, also, I think he he would come into our town and we other people would come here and we'd go to trainings. But, you know, your boss being in another town and not spending too much time in an office, I spent a lot of time in a state car driving for hours to see somebody right. and playing audiobooks. Hmm. Because the radio station was also wherever the Zoom was. I mean, there wasn't. You couldn't get the radio station to right. tune and as you're driving So you would three check hours. out CDs of audiobooks from the library. And- yeah, and it was great because I, I would get a cassette or a CD. Mm-hmm. Eventually, they were CDs. Yes. And um, We old. Mm-hmm. I'd make sure I got a car that could play something for me. There you go. And um, Because when they send you all across the state, they give you a car to do that in. They do. And what was nice, too, is all these libraries had a web of connections that if I finished a book, I could return it in BFE that I'd gotten to and get a different book there. And when I was done with it, return it in the BFE at the office I worked from. I, I would get some flack from the office staff about eventually not working Fridays because you worked four tens. I worked well, or eight twelve, eight twelve, or something like that. I worked a combination of ten, ten, ten hour days, or eleven and nine, and stuff like that. Because I was seeing people in the evening. That's when they got home, right? And I worked all four evenings back then. And so you were getting your forty hours in before the end, before before Thursday was done. Yeah, and once in a while they'd give me flack for it, and I'd say, "Well, you know, tomorrow or Monday I'm going to BFE four hours south. Would you like to go?" Mm-hmm. And they'd decline, and then they'd shut up for a while. Yep. But uh, but then you got that same kind of schedule when you went to the county too. You were working right four days. Right. I didn't have to drive an hour to my office, and it, it was it was quite an adjustment. There was more bureaucracy in the in town you know, county office mm-hmm. than there was out there in the boonies where they're going to do 
whatever the fuck they want to. And, you know, I don't know if this is a thing that happens in many states, but it's definitely true in at least some states because I work with other states when it comes to education, at least, Mm -hmm. where state government is often, as an agency, smaller than the largest cities or counties' governments. Yeah, yeah. The largest cities will employ more people in their government than the state will. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, in a big city like uh, Chicago, they, you know, they have to split it down into districts and so forth. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Meanwhile, the state of Illinois probably has fewer employees than the city of Chicago. Yeah, it probably does because (laughs) they're separate entities. Yes, they are. But they all get the same retirement plan or similar. They, they all get a state retirement plan. They get a retirement plan that is government organized. That's how it was in Michigan too. Yeah. Didn't matter what public agency you worked for, state, city, county, educational. I didn't work for the government when I was back east, so I don't know exactly what they were doing, but I would I would think so. My aunt did. Yeah. My aunt did, so she, she, might, she might remember. I don't know. When I worked for the schools in Michigan, I had the same retirement plan as everyone else, although I was only there for a well, well, now, Not long enough to get vested. Now I'm using my retirement plan. Yay! Mm-hmm. Which I think you've well earned after working for our local county government, which is completely fucky. They- it, it is. And, and again, you know, I've talked about it on here before, but as I just said now, it wasn't the people I worked with directly. It was the people I worked for. They put you in a fucking supply closet with four other clinicians. They did. And called that your office. They did. I remember talking to uh, my therapist or psychiatrist at the time, and he had been in the Navy. He said, oh, you're not getting work done and you're not moving around because it's, it's like being in a submarine. You're conserving your movements because there's not very many any places to move to when you're in your cubicle. Mm-hmm. And uh, I did I did do a bit of shopping for a new job around that time, but there weren't a lot of them to be had in part because of where we are. And then they moved us. It wasn't ADA compliant, but that, they didn't seem to care about that. What? But eventually we got moved out of there and into normal areas again that were not supply rooms. Well, they did that areas. when they took away uh, your one boss and gave you three more. Oh, that, that was a few years later. Uh, it was actually about five years ago, now that okay. I think about it, when our family was exploding and my mother was dying and they did what they called de-siloing us. Mm. So they took the three or four clinicians that were under each supervisor and grouped us together, technically, not mm. physically. Hmm. And it suddenly meant that we had four bosses. And who the F needs four bosses? Well, apparently your agency needs four bosses because they keep filling those positions with people who are failing up. Yes, that is exactly how they do things. And because they've been doing that, the last probably four or five people that have left there, including me, have left because they fail people up. And now you have a person for your supervisor who should not be supervising anyone. And who couldn't even do their job when they were your colleague. Yes. And now they're supervising you. So there's, the whole thing is a big fail. Mm -hmm. And I, of course, I didn't realize five years ago what kind of stress that was because I was busy dealing with trying to keep our family together and my mother having, you know. Being in and out of hospital and then hospice. Yeah. Every facility, uh, nursing facility and everything else. Yeah. It was Um, a lot. It was a lot going on. So I didn't realize that it was a big problem to have four bosses because, you know, they're always doing things ass backwards at places like that. When I first went there, I checked ahead of time to make sure I wasn't going to leave 
the fairly manageable situation I had been in, which was becoming a little unmanageable. One guy had left that worked in the office with my boss. My boss at that time was getting a divorce, so he was not easy to deal with. I'm shaking my head no, because it shouldn't be happening that way, but it was. It shouldn't be my problem or anybody else's. But So I checked ahead to see if my new boss was going to be, you know, not an idiot and not a control freak. And, and uh, he's now our Jesus friend. He is. He was a good guy, and he fought hard for our team of clinicians because we were, we were always getting bagged on for our weird schedules. And But if you're doing in-home services, you have to be working when people are in their freaking homes. Well, and we made too much money, according to some people, because they had tough jobs. But I made more money because I had a degree, and I needed my degree in order to get that job. That's how that worked. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, but they, they would just get very pissy about it. Mm-hmm. And then they really didn't understand us. We were some kind of mystery, you know, what is therapy? What is clinician? You know, they needed some kind of universal translator and right. some pictures, mm-hmm. drawings, yeah, maybe a package of crayons. I don't know. Yep. They needed help. And we, we tried again and again to help them understand what we did. But really, all they understood was, hey, I have a problem with this family and I can't seem to make it fix. So, uh, can you therapy them? <laughs> and we'd be like, sure. Uh, But you were damn good at your job. And so oftentimes it would fix. It would fix. But then all of that, you know, between the trauma of the actual job and the trauma of the agency. Yeah. A year or so ago, you started using FMLA just Mm -hmm. about a year ago, I think. A little over. Yeah. And, And I had been using therapy for two years because of the toll the agency was taking on my mental health. And so you were getting FMLA for work-related stress. Mm-hmm. And you were working a reduced schedule for some while. I was. The only only the people I knew personally and the HR person who took the paperwork from me knew that. But that was the reason. Right. I needed to take, e- even though we were mostly working from home, I still needed like to be able to shut everything down. It's like when we're at Cousin Vinny's. When they're done for the week, they put their their work computer in the drawer and close it. Mm -hmm. And they don't look in there. Right. And they don't want to see... You and when we're at home, it was harder to have that separation separation than Mm -hmm. it was when we were in the office. And so you would need to just like leave our home office or leave wherever you had been doing your work and like go outside and do yard work or go out kayaking or go hiking up at the lake or Mm -hmm. go do the thing. Yeah. Things that would help my mental and emotional well-being. Says the therapist. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I love you. I love you too, dear. So while you were already on FMLA... Then you got scheduled for surgery. I did. And then you had more FMLA. I did. I had FMLA 1 and 2. And the timesheet people, the time card people, they uh, were very insistent that I coded it correctly. Because we need to know whether your time off today is for your mental health or for your surgery recovery. Right. It really matters for some godforsaken agency loaded reason. It apparently does. <laughs> well, they started at two different times and there is a time limit to FMLA. Okay. So yeah. there's that. But otherwise, I think they were just being dicks about it, one person in particular, because that person seems to operate that way. Well, those people have government jobs, too. Yes, they do. (laughs) And they failed up as well. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. (sighs) So, 
once you got your surgery scheduled, your plan was to take your recovery FMLA, Mm -hmm. use up- FMLA too. Thank you. You're welcome. Use up your sick hours Mm -hmm. and your vacation hours as well if you needed them while you recovered, Mm -hmm. and then go back and wrap up whatever cases you had to wrap up and be done. That was your original plan. That was my plan. I was kind of hoping for that plan when I realized the surgery would be delayed till this year. I thought, well, it could it could be that I go away and I come back very briefly and then I'm done. Mm Mm-hmm. But as I was away, I dreaded dealing with anything that had to do with them. Like, I had done a month of my time card before I left, because that's what you could do. Mm-hmm. That was the time limit, officially, that you could fill out. And I had to fill it out again after a month. Right. And I couldn't get my computer to do the thing, and I had to spend time, like, emailing and getting a tech person. And fortunately, it was somebody that didn't work in my department. But those tech guys are mostly fine. So, or if I had to send an email, you know, then I'd have to send an email to my boss saying, hey, I'm going to count these work hours while I was trying to get my computer fixed. Or while I was trying to put in my payroll time or whatever. Well, I had to get the computer fixed to do that. So yeah, basically. And so you worked one or two hours, one or two months, and the rest of it was all leave time. It was was leave time. And and I was realizing that I barely, uh, well, I wasn't getting well quickly enough. And I had intended to check on clients partway through, but I checked, I checked my text and none of them had texted me and they would have. Mm -hmm. So I just couldn't get myself to do anything about any of it because I just, I ended up extending my FMLA too. Uh, for surgery recovery. And I realized that I, I was going to just need to leave, just like call all the clients. Cause they, at this point then they had been on their own for quite a while. And my encouragement when I was leaving was for them to get other services that were yeah. long term. Um, because the agency really is only supposed to be providing short term services anyway. They shouldn't be waiting three months for me or something. Right. Yeah. So I figured if they weren't contacting anybody within three months, they, they I could, you know, give them each a phone call. And so I, I decided to do that. I emailed my boss that morning and said, hey, I talked to retirement and this is my last day. And so I'm going to call my clients now and let me know how I should get the phone and computer back. And to back up from that, you say, I talked to retirement and... You had talked to retirement a couple weeks prior. I had talked to retirement a a year before last fall. I mean, I had talked to retirement quite a few times over the last year. Yes, but you had set your retirement date a month prior. I had. It could be changed, but I had decided. Mm -hmm. And my former intern, who's a friend, kept saying, you need to make sure that your health insurance is situated. So I kept asking HR, is there anything else I need to do? And they sent me to state... Mm-hmm. And states like we don't do that. Your HR does, and I kept asking because my you're not HR, a state employee. The, no. the HR for the county does that. So I, I was talking to the county HR, the main office, and I kept asking them, "Was there anything else I needed to do?" And they're like, "Oh no, you're on this plan, so uh, it's totally covered with the amount of years you have in, and so on and so forth." And then, and then, like I had seen the paperwork that you had gotten printed out, and I had seen that it was going to be like. 50 something a month for your dental coverage because that was not under the subsidy. Mm -hmm. But they were telling you, no, everything is covered. Right. Yeah. So, so that afternoon, as my former work wife was driving me to the office to drop off the computer and phone. Because you still don't drive. 
I don't. And I ask that person, can you meet me downstairs? Because walking is a thing that's not happening here. You are capable of driving when you need to. Yes, but I pay for it. You do. You yeah. very much do. I because do. not just sitting, you can sit in a car, but the act of like having to use your hips and core muscles to support your leg as it is moving between the pedals. Well, yeah. And I've got a tear behind my scrotum that's uncomfortable. Exactly. You know, it's not. Which we will talk about next time. For fuck's sake. Yeah, sitting is not a thing because of that. But also because of that, because of your surgery, I had had to take your paperwork down to the state office for your retirement like a month before. I had Mm -hmm. to pick it up for you, bring it home. Once you had it all signed and filled out, and I had to sign it, and we had to get it notarized, and then we had to take it back. So you think somebody could tell me, oh, you're going to need to sign some papers. So as we're driving to drop off the stuff, I get a phone call from HR, and they say, we got a message that you're retiring. I said, yes. And they said, when? I said, now. And they said, okay, uh, well, you need to sign these papers or you won't have insurance tomorrow. I'm like, fuck. You had asked them how many times? Probably 15. That is so freaking ridiculous. Some of it in emails. Yes. To make sure that I had receipts. That is so bloody ridiculous. So they hurried up and fixed it because they knew it was their problem for not telling me that I had to do this. Yeah. One of the times when I had talked to the retirement people, I said, so how much notice does who have to have? And they said, oh, no one. Uh, You can just walk out of there. And from the sounds of things, because I know someone else who retired in the past week from my agency, Mm -hmm. uh, there are people doing that. They're getting fed up and they're just walking out of their office, driving their asses over to the retirement office and saying, I'm done. Here's my papers. What else do I need to sign? Yeah, people are done. People are very done. People want functional jobs. Well, they do. And not only that, but like... Like, when you work for the government, I mean, you as a therapist may or may not have encountered a lot of this, but you take a lot of shit from a lot of angry people. Yes, I I did, but because I had a different, I was building a different relationship with them. The, the cold calls could be rough. They didn't, oh, yeah. They didn't want me when I would call. Oh, I bet. Um, By the time you were done, they were happy to have seen you, but... If I could get my foot in the door, we were good. But I didn't have to deal with the public as much as somebody at a, sitting at a desk, you know, where you... Mm-hmm you know, file papers for your house or something. Yeah. People calling and asking why their mortgage record on the assessor's page is wrong and people calling and asking why their kid's school is doing the thing they don't like and calling and yelling about how their Medicaid got screwed up or, you know, and all of these things are, are completely valid things to be upset and angry about because it's a cycle right now. Like there are not enough employees and so things get fucked up. And so the clients yell and then the employees don't want to work there anymore. So then there's even fewer employees and more things get fucked up. It it reminds me of during the pandemic when I was driving through Jack in the Box, which is not my thing. So I was obviously taking a kid there or my aunt. Mm Mm-hmm. And there was a a sign, like a sandwich board there that said, please be kind to our employees because we don't have very many of them and we want them to stay here. Mm -hmm. Like, you guys with your nonsense are not helping yourselves. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And and that's why I'm always trying, I try to be very kind to whatever customer service person I ever deal with. Yeah. But, But, you know, know, it's it's totally understandable then that when you go in and you're talking about like, yes, I'm I'm planning on leaving in a month and they're like, oh, good. (laughs) 
<laughs> and said, I, yeah, what do I have to do? Nothing. Well, they were wrong. They were wrong. They also expected- They fixed it. Yeah, they fixed it. Yeah, yeah, they fixed it. So as you were interacting with all of these HR people, and, you know, it's kind of a joke, you know, the, the Linda from HR or Sheila from HR or whatever. Right. You know, these are usually middle-aged women. Mm-hmm. And I have to imagine that that was a very gendery interaction. I kind of, well, it always is because the whole place is full of all women. Mm -hmm. You know, there's probably a guy somewhere, but at one point, some years ago, I counted how many guys I could find in that place when we'd have a big meeting Mm -hmm. in in the library. Right. Right. auditorium, if you want to call it that. Mm-hmm. Um, I counted all the guys. There was like 25 of them out of 200 people. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Oh, yeah. I'm just guessing. I work in education. My <clears> field <throat> is pretty similar. It is. It is similar. So I went in to turn in the computer and our friend, who's a dude, usually sits at the security desk, but he wasn't there. He was sick. So we didn't get to say hi to him. But the woman who came down was very young and nervous. Mm-hmm. She's dealing with some old white guy. Oh, and is this going to be okay? Because you can tell that's always a problem. Well, and you got to imagine if somebody's leaving and, you know, you gave the retirement system your correct, you know, plenty of notice to handle your situation. Mostly but I gave them notice so I could handle it because I didn't believe they'd do it right, which I was correct. But. but either way, there were a lot of people who did not have that notice because you did not want to deal with the kind of bullshit that they would give you if they knew that you were going to retire. I, I didn't want any bullshit. I had had enough bullshit. And so, the person who came down, I could tell she was nervous. Because a lot of people are leaving and a lot of people are disgruntled when and they leave. she's new and she didn't know what she was doing. And she hoped I didn't mind. And she was and hoping you weren't going to be angry white guy. Yeah. And then when I was chill and I had my former work wife with me. So, you know, here's the thing that's gendery. If I have a female presenting person with me, I might be tolerable or under some sense of control because this person is putting up with me. Mm-hmm. They came with me. So yep. that, that that might make me okay. Let's see what happens. Right. It's not a guarantee. That's not a immediate, but it is in your favor. It is. If, you, if you're a guy, a white guy that has a lady person with you. You, you know? know, and I think, and we've said this many, many times before, like the stereotype is well-earned mm-hmm. that white dudes show up at places and act disgruntled and throw their weight around and act like asses to women. Mm-hmm. And so it is completely understandable that, you know, hashtag not all whatever. Yeah. Every woman has experienced this. And so every have. woman is concerned about the potential of it happening mm-hmm. again. And so it's really good that you are so aware of that and that you are so conscientious about making sure that whoever it is you have to deal with feels safe. Right. And I had to stand. So I let her know. I said, I'm sorry, I can't sit. Mm-hmm. So I'll have to stand, but uh, she had a clipboard, so that was fine. Mm-hmm. And you know, my former work wife is a chatty person, and if she's chatty and friendly, then I must be sort of okay because I'm not making her miserable. So mm-hmm. you know, there's another sign for the person who doesn't know who they're dealing with. So we signed papers. I signed papers, mm-hmm. and then we got back in the car and we drove to the other place. And that that was a little more walking, which wasn't a problem because I wasn't driving. And that office had a person or two at the desk. And then the person who had done my FMLA paperwork used to work in our department, like ne- next door, like to where our cubicles were. This is this is how government agencies often work. Like each office or department has its own individual HR person, but they all work for the larger 
countywide agency of HR or something like that? Well, actually, she worked in an entirely different job. Okay. But most people, once they figure out what kind of shit is going on in my department, try to leave. Fair. And at some point, she found a good position and went to the main building uh, for the county. You know, they has all their various services, just like you work nearby the state ones. Mm-hmm. And so she was there. She came out and she was surprised to see me and surprised to see my, my former work wife because nobody sees each other anymore anyway. So, and there was a person in there who was not a fail, a fail upwards supervisor type person, but also once they get in that league, it tends to rub off on them. Mm. So it apparently was waiting for a meeting where a bunch of people have been called on the carpet. And I only know that because my former work wife is very nosy and could overhear some of the meeting. Mm-hmm. So, but then the very nervous HR lady that I had been dealing with came out and she has somebody she's been training. And she'd been training her for a while because I know this because I've been asking them questions for a couple months now. Mm-hmm. And the person who came out with her was a very chipper person. And I got the impression, you know, and I could be wrong, but I think most people who are trans would say no, probably not, that she was sort of looking at me like, like, I think she has anxiety disorder anyway. Mm-hmm. I'm a, you know, that's just my job. So I, I think mm. that, but she was also looking at me like she was trying to process because she does know where I was and what I was doing, but she can't say. Mm-hmm. But the reason she knows is she's the person, the anxiety lady, is the person that I had to answer the phone when she called and she said, George, the insurance is calling me, this was last year, mm-hmm. and saying that you're out of the area and I don't understand. And I didn't have a lot of time to deal with her because I was about to go into a training or something. I think I, remember I was this. still working then. I remember and this. I, I was like, hey, Linda, um, that's because it's not that I'm out of the area. The service says I need her out of the area. And she's like, uh, uh, I said, so we don't have a gender clinic in our town. So I need to go to California for that. And she's like, oh, oh, okay. Um, right. Okay. I got it. <laughs> like, you know, trying to process that. So she's standing there looking at me. And part of it is just her regular, really high anxiety. And part of it is she's looking at me like, I know you just had gender confirmation surgery. Yes. And you look very much just like some dude with a beard. I mean, you're kind of short, but I know too much. (laughs) And she probably doesn't know that much. She probably just knows that she knows something. Mm -hmm. And it means I got my dick fixed is what she's guessing, but she doesn't want to be thinking about that, but she is. Yeah. She was looking a little bit freaked out about whatever she's trying not to think and it wasn't working. I had to laugh when I took your paperwork back to the to the retirement office, the state retirement office, and there was some guy, mm-hmm. because there's always some guy. Mm-hmm. I walk in with this big envelope of papers or clip. No, it was in a clip. And I say, you know, to the to the some guy at the desk, you know, I'm dropping off papers for so-and-so, and I, I need to make sure that they get to so-and-so. And, you know, mm-hmm. they're supposed to already, you know, people know that this is... And he's like trying to give me like the fifth degree and like some other woman says, oh, yes, these are for George. Thank you. Because she knows what's going on. Yes. Because that's how it works in the offices. And and it's like, it's the absolute opposite. Like, you know, some woman is going to not trust you. Some dude is not going to trust me. Yes. It's fucking wild. It is. Um, for completely different reasons. But he knows that she knows and she just did the work for him. So he's going to shut up now. <laughs> That's how that works. It is. It's terrible. Ugh. So terrible. This is how men fail up. Yeah. But anyway. 
other people do too, just saying. I know. Yeah. I know. So I got the papers signed, and it was nice to see the HR person who took care of my FMLA, because I really like her, because I knew I could trust her. Mm -hmm. I knew she was no nonsense. She knew her job. Her emails back to me were very professional. Mm -hmm. And she's this, like, short-haired, dress-wearing, tattooed person that's, like, hardcore. I approve. I totally approve. Right? You can trust her. Yeah. You know? And love that about her. I'm so glad to see her. So that was nice. That's great. And and um, I felt bad for anxiety lady because I thought that is way too much anxiety. You should really leave. Aww. Yeah. Let me be a good example. Right. I'll sign the papers. <laughs> Yeah. They were trying to be so careful about explaining everything to me. And because they needed to get it done right away, by now it's like four o'clock and they need me to go away by five. Mm. It's after four or maybe sooner, depending on what time they start. Right. So I try to give the right cues for listening, which I'm always paying a lot of attention to when I'm dealing with somebody I don't know or doesn't know me at all because they're just, again, dealing with some guy. Mm hmm. And he's probably not listening. So I'm trying to give the right cues for, I'm listening, but let's get this over with. There's three right. pieces of paper and I have to sign two of them. Mm -hmm. Yes. How hard can this be? Yeah. But right? also like the cues that say, I respect your authority here. And, exactly. And I'm listening to you mm -hmm. and I'm going to do what you tell me to. Yes. Which often confuses them that I am A, listening and B, going to do what they tell me to. You know, ladies in offices dealing with some white guy are not... Mm -mm used to that. True. They're used to being told back and then having to politely correct you in a way that won't make it worse for them. Mm. So I signed the papers and then my work wife brought me back here mm -hmm. and it was all done. And, and then you were no longer employed. Yeah. Which, I mean, that sounds bad. Then you were retired. Yes. <laughs> Yes. Then you are no longer beholden to a government agency. Right. It's kind of wild to me because it means that I'm like old and now I'm the old person. So whatever. But I like it. I like the retirement th idea. So I'm I like the I'm retirement idea. I, I like I like you being my old person because it's better than the other options. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, especially for you. I, I wouldn't wouldn't make any difference to me once I wasn't here, you know. Yeah, as as I know. yeah. I'll outlive you someday, but I don't want that now. You might. You might. I, I might. Don't know. We never know these things. No. So Statistically it's, it's, it is likely. It is likely, yes. Either way. Mm-hmm. I'm glad you're here, and I'm glad that you're retired, and I'm glad that you get to be done with that GDMF agency. Thank you. Thank you. I do feel a little bit, um, I don't know, spoiled or something? I don't know. I'll have How to so? figure it out. Uh, I get to stay home, and they still give me the money. You, it's not as much money. But you gave them me. decades of your life. Okay, well, yeah, that's there's that. <laughs> It's not like how, how I was joking after retirement. The boy and I took my former work wife and her boyfriend to a baseball game. Mm -hmm. And I could make the joke a couple times of how we paid for the tickets with our blood because... Because you earned them from blood donations. Yeah, they, they gave them to us at the blood bank. Mm -hmm. yeah, baseball tickets. That's funny. So, yeah. But it's actually worse. You pay for it with your psyche. and Yeah. So, when you say you gave them decades of your life, I... I guess I feel more justified and um, still really glad that I don't have to deal with that shit. <laughs> True. Yeah. But All right. Yeah. Well, that's good. Yeah. So? Is that it for now? I think that's it.
We'd love to hear from you, so let us know what you think or what you want to hear about by emailing us at transpantastic at gmail.com or by commenting at our website, transpantastic.net. Don't forget to subscribe in Stitcher, iTunes, or your favorite podcatcher, and leave us reviews and star ratings. Disclaimer time. We are neither your doctor nor your mental health professional. We are here to discuss our own lives, so we take no responsibility for your decisions based on our discussions. If you are considering transition, please seek professional assistance. If you are considering parenting while transitioning, you definitely need professional assistance. All contents are distributed under a Creative Commons no derivative license and may be shared freely in their entirety. Any alteration or less than complete reproduction requires permissions of the hosts. Thanks for listening. Okay, now try. I'm trying now. Okay, see how the lines in between are smaller? Yes. That's a better setting. I didn't know there were settings, but of course there should be. Of course there are settings. This mm-hmm. this setting only picks up from your side and my side and not all the extra room noise. Right, got it. Are we ready? Sure. I wish traffic outside was ready. Traffic? It was a car. <laughs> Hi, I'm Jess. And I'm George. <laughs> Bob, you're kind of loud. With you're your snoring. Loud with your sleeping. Snorry dog. No, no, don't, don't start scratching your eye. Leave your eye alone. Poor puppy. Okay, you can't do that, Bob. Yeah, you have to be quiet because Jess will get aggravated with well, that. Well, we're almost done anyway. So. <laughs> <laughs>